are facing a mental health crisis, and it's more important than ever to have access to the support we need. That's why I'm grateful for BetterHelp, the largest online counseling platform in the world. BetterHelp is changing the way people get help with life challenges by providing convenient, discreet, and affordable access to licensed therapists. With BetterHelp, professional counseling is available anytime, anywhere, from your smartphone, computer, or tablet. If you're looking for support, sign up today at BetterHelp.com. Use the promo code SOLVINGHEALTHCARE to get 10% off sign-up fees. That's BetterHelp.com, promo code SOLVINGHEALTHCARE. COVID has affected us all, and with all the negativity surrounding it, it's often hard to find the positive. One of the blessings it has given us is the opportunity to build an avenue for creating change, starting right here in our community. Discussing topics that affect us most, such as racism in healthcare, maintaining a positive mindset, creating change, the importance of advocacy, and the many lessons we have all learned from COVID. If you or your organization are interested in speaking engagements, send a message to quadcast99 at gmail.com, reach out on Facebook at Quadcast, or online at drquadjo.ca. Welcome to Solving Healthcare. I'm Quadjo Caramante. I'm an ICU and palliative care physician here in Ottawa and the founder of Resource Optimization Network. We are on a mission to transform healthcare in Canada. I'm going to talk with physicians, nurses, administrators, patients, and their families because inefficiencies, overwork, and overcrowding affects us all. I believe it's time for a better healthcare system that's more cost-effective, dignified, and just for everyone involved. Quadcast Nation, let me tell you, this is a bit of a special one for me because I have liaised with Dr. Coach April Elliott, <laughs> Coach Dr. April Elliott, for I feel like a few years now, but we had our first interaction just a couple of weeks ago to talk about this show and other ways of collaborating. But Coach April is changing the boogie, man. She really is doing some spectacular work and it's been a huge advocate for our children, which mm. maybe is another discussion, but I just want to say it is a true privilege having you on the show. So welcome, April. Oh, man. Thanks so much. I've been looking forward to this. I'm super stoked. I love your energy. I've just been listening to your show and I'm so pleased to be here. And thank you for the invitation. Oh, absolutely. I paid her in Bitcoin to say that. (laughs) Lovely. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Any kind of crypto, she said. And I said, okay, here we go. So I wanted you to come on the show because of the coaching landscape. This is an area where I think a lot of healthcare providers, clinicians, doctors, could benefit mm-hmm. from in terms of producing or cre- creating the, their best self. So maybe we could even take a bit of a, 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 a like a step in time. Mm-hmm. Like, how did you get into this field? Well, I, I mean, I'm going to go way back and I'm going to try not to be a long talker, <laughs> but long story long, 
Um, when I finished my fellowship, I just really felt it was important to do leadership courses at the same time. I wanted to make sure that I was able to show up in many environments um, with that focus. And so that I was introduced to coaching through the CMA, um, through some of the, the courses that they were offering. And it really, you know, that was the spark for me. And I saw the benefit, especially to, you know, I I would um, have calls from physicians as an adolescent medicine specialist. And, you know, I could just feel the tension in the air through the conversation. And my first response was like, how are you? Like, what's up? What's going on for you? And when the individual was able to say, wow, I've got a million things on the go. And, you know, I have this patient I'm really concerned about and I'm not sure I'm doing the right thing. And it ended up being a coaching conversation as I felt them sort of reduce their anxiety by their own, um, you know, their own answers within them, um, I could tell them we could have a conversation about the patient and the family. And so that was my first, like, how am I able to do this? What is it? What is it about, you know, the skills that I've gained over time? And a lot of it was those leadership skills. And so I just, you know, a few years ago, I decided, ah, I want to do this. So I looked around and I, I went to Berkeley and got my certification. So that's the long story long. Wow. <laughs> it has to do with medicine. It has to do with those challenging clinical um, scenarios that, you know, just really um, trigger, bring up emotions for you. And, and how do you proceed in the best way to serve the patient and the family, because that's what it's about, right? Hmm. No, that's yeah. that's super interesting. Because, so how do you like? What are some of the principles then when you coach somebody? Like, what are some of the common questions that you 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 ask to try and get get good answers or get them to where they need to be? Hmm. Well, first of all, I think just to set the stage is that coaching, it provides a space for contemplation that's non-judgmental. And it really um, is not pathologizing the challenges that you know, healthcare providers come up against. So you, you, for me, I start out with what are the ground rules? Like, what do you want to be, you know, coaching? You can be really, you know, prodding people and, and getting them or, or do they want someone that just gives them that safe space or that brave space to be listened to? It's very rare in our society to be listened to. Mm-hmm. Everybody oh, has advice. Oh man, people don't listen at all. It's ninety three percent of people are just waiting to speak. I mean, we were talking about mindfulness uh, prior to the starting this conversation, and personally, this is one of my benefits that I think are underrated from having a mindfulness practice. Is the the idea of focusing on one thing facilitates you concentrating or being fully engaged when you're talking to somebody else, like when you're when you're having those meaningful conversations and uh, you know, one of the best compliments anybody could tell you is when, when they're talking to the, to the clinician or, or a friend and saying like, when I talk to you, I feel like I'm the only person in the room. Like that's, I feel like that's where the, the having that focused intention, attention, sorry, 
to benefit so many and, it, and it's more meaningful interaction like both parties get to benefit so so mm-hmm. that was a bit of a sidebar but yeah I, I just i truly believe that we could do a, a way better job at listening amen, amen. <laughs> sorry i didn't mean to take you off the, your stream of thought, take me to church <laughs> take me to church but yeah so that's a, that's a really good point like a safe place where people get to open up and talk about some of their concerns, I guess maybe even, yeah, it's fair enough to take a step back and, and say, you know, what the ground rules are, but also what's the typical reason someone's mm-hmm. seeing you? Like, what are they calling coach April for saying, I need help with X, Y, Z? Like what's typical? Hmm. Well, I mean, that's a different question than sort of the initial one. A lot are, um, I think, the things that I'm writing and the things that I'm putting out there, a lot of individuals are like, I'm resonating with that. So, so when people, you know, connect with me through my website or whether they, you know, they reach out through um, a post that I've made, they're like, yeah, that, right. I'm a type A personality and I want the piece that you're, you're talking about, or I want, I, I feel the burnout coming on, but I'm so tired of all these conversations about burnout because I'm completely capable. And yet I feel like I'm tipping. And so I, I think for most, it is that they're relating and they want a space where it's not therapy. This is not psychotherapy. Um, there is amazing benefit to therapy. And when I see someone initially, I do a 20 minute initial uh, complimentary, making sure that that individual um possibly doesn't need therapy Um, through my years of experience, 21 years of doing a lot of work with amazing therapists. I have got skills to know when someone would really benefit from therapy. And I know amazing people that do therapy and I can refer people. So coaching is very different. Coaching is proactive. Coaching is looking at career development. It's looking at what are the things that an individual has been doing in their life that's amazing and how do I transfer that if I'm making a transition or is there something that they want to transform and they are uncertain because it's new. Um, So a lot lately I find individuals who have amazing skills. They have all the answers inside of them. They just need someone to listen. That's not going to say you should do A, B, or C Mm. because there's a whole alphabet. right? And, and often someone's like, are you still listening to me? And it's because I haven't interrupted them. Right. I'm talking a lot now because you're asking me questions, but the, the most amazing thing is a coaching session where I, I very little, I say, Mm-hmm. The individual has the answers. They just haven't had the opportunity to go through them and figure that out. So, um, yeah, so a lot are looking for that next step or why Why is there a rub going on? What's going on that's, you know, interpersonal conflicts or um, – and there's so much we could get into because of the way the system is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, another long – answer to a great question <laughs> oh no it, it is perfect because mm-hmm. i think one of the myths of coaching is you talk to somebody and you just get an answer like it's not like mm. tennis where you want to improve your backhand and they say put your foot here put your back put your back foot here you know mm. this is this is what your follow-through should look like 
good coaching often it helps you get to the answer if uh, maybe i don't know if you feel the same but it, i feel like i'm kind of paraphrasing a little bit what you're saying that a lot of the times we have the answer the mm-hmm. client has the answer but there's no space to develop it. and you like a good coach i would imagine would it's almost like it's almost like asking the right questions maybe mm-hmm. you know what i mean It's the right questions in the context because you've listened. And, you know, just to back up, I always start the session with core values. And I might take, we might take a whole session, a whole hour just to reveal the core value of that individual. That is the foundation. Everything starts with your values and decisions you make or why you feel some conflict in a situation, it's because your values are being tested or they're not the same as the culture that you're in. Mm. And so so those values, um, if you don't identify those with um, a client, then it's hard for you as you're listening to understand the under the undercurrent. And so I I see a coach's role is is the questions there's so few that you need to ask. The key is the listening and the threads that you see going throughout that you can mirror and reflect back to the individual. And so the listening is the quest the questions, but the power is in the listening. Wow, that's as deep April because there's a few things there because I mean, so just for disclosure and context, I have a, a leadership coach right, that I that I that I looked into after I got a department head position because I haven't been in leadership roles throughout my career. This is relatively new for me, and the point you made about alignment with values cannot be understated Mm. and that when there is that discordance I think that's when there's that unease I mean it's with your career it's with life in general but Mm -hmm. I just really appreciate that that concept of hey getting to know the individual getting to know where the values sit and that that's a guide that's the north star is Mm. helping them move through whatever transformation or that they may be trying to elicit, but use knowing that their values is what's going to help navigate. So I, I think it's a, it's a really great point that I don't know if was, is clear to everybody. Um, So this is, I mean, sounds like a lot of people could benefit from coaching. And I think <laughs> maybe, maybe and the, part of the reason I also wanted to talk about this is because we're in a time in, in, in healthcare where we need transformation, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I feel there's so many gaps in terms of, of care delivery, wait times, whatever you want to say, like it's all on the news, you Google, whatever there's, there's issues with healthcare, but how do you see coaching Mm-hmm. as 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 a a tool moving forward to help us navigate through these rough times. Mhm. 
Wow. Another big question. And that's what I do. Yeah. That's what I do. Big, big questions. I love them. I love them. And I'm, I'm trying to be like, okay, don't be a long talker. Um, so no, like the, it, it depends. So I want to, I want to sort of divide it up. There's the, the individual coaching when a individual, um, you know, comes and says, I want coaching, executive coaching, career development, coaching, leadership coaching. Um, there's a coaching stance, and that is something that um, myself and Dr. Monique Jericho developed about 14 years ago. And we did it actually related to the approach to an adolescent. And we wrote a paper about it. Um, we needed to understand for ourselves, what is it that we do different? Um, and how do we show up in these clinical situations that allow us to, to not um, you know, take that anxiety home with us or not allow the stress to build up. And so from my perspective, there's the individual executive coaching, there's the group coaching in teams, and then there's a stance that healthcare providers, and you and I had a brief conversation about it, that is very, very different than the medical, the, the medical model. Mm. And there's a place for both. Get, don't get me wrong. You're an ICU physician. Somebody's coding. I want, you're, I'm coding. I want you to be <laughs> in there. I want you to be ter- completely paternalistic. I want you doing stuff, right? Um, mm-hmm. Where there are situations in medicine where people are taking that approach and they're carrying a lot. They're carrying a lot of things that are not theirs to carry. And that's where the coaching stance comes in. It's very non-judgmental. You have curiosity. You're open-minded. You're flexible. And you're literally giving people a space. You're listening. And then you're clarifying and identifying what it is that's, you know, um, bringing up issues for them. And there's a whole area where I say that's autonomy for patients. It's a spectrum. And you move over, you go back and forth, depending on what you're doing. Emergency physicians, it would be a perfect example of wanting to have skills in both areas, having a coaching stance and having a more paternalistic when a code comes in or a trauma comes in. And in medicine, I find that it's almost like I've got this hammer. I've got this medical hierarchical. Um, I've, I have the problem. I know what the problem is. I'm going to fix it. And we carry so much. Um, and that's the stress I hear in people. It's like, oh, my goodness, like I have so much. And I'm like, well, how much of, is, of that is yours to carry? Mm. How much influence do you have over that situation? And then it's like they've never asked themselves that question. Mm. And so those, those, for me, that is not, that is about an individual as a physician or other healthcare providers getting into that mindset of more, you know, non judgmental, um, flexible, curious, and allowing the patient to, to make some of those decisions or make some of those, um, take some of that back for themselves. Wow. I got so much there. That, that, that is so brilliant because I must say 
seeing it firsthand is so true. Like I'll just use stereotypes. You got a surgeon <laughs> that's used to having to be paternalistic in the OR and and other circumstances, maybe in some resuscitations. Mm-hmm. You, you often that hammer's going through all scenarios. That paternalistic mm-hmm. approach is happening through all scenarios. Whereas you want to be versatile, just like anything else. Like if you mm-hmm. in healthcare, we're all leaders, whether you like it or not. You got to know when to be open and to be, as you said, like what some of that weight on other people or the patient. Is, and there's, there's times where you you don't. And I think it's it's great to to have that concept or teach that concept of, 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 of knowing when you gotta, when is, when it's more appropriate to be that paternalistic or be uh, more open. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really the first time it's something, as you say, it seems obvious, but it's (laughs) the first time I've really, really truly thought about it in that way. Yeah, no, yeah, that's, it's, it's, that's brilliant. And do you find is there a certain person that's going to come to you? Because I'll speak from the physician perspective. A lot of people are bullheaded, not that creative. No offense, folks. Uh, you know, they flexing that curiosity itch. I don't see it that often amongst my colleagues. And, mm-hmm. and so I'm curious do you see a common thread amongst people that come to see you or seek out coaching in general, or is it, like, is it, is it an, an event that happens with them? Like what's mm. the, what's the, what's the catalyst? Mm, mm-hmm. uh, again. Okay. So uh, I do have to say that I would say that 70% of people who seek out and decide to do coaching have that need or want in them to be more open-minded, more curious. And they know that they've been in a pressure cooker culture that almost stole that from them. I mean, that's, that sounds dramatic, but it, but it's like, you know, whatever you're in, you sometimes become right. And so they're, they're, they're searching for that. They want to get back to that place because they know that is, you know, through maturity and through, through different experiences. They're like, this isn't, this isn't working. I got to try something new. And then there's a few others that, you know, might be recommended that they need to seek out things and whatever. Um, They're usually the ones that are like, uh, you know, so what advice do you have for me? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, what are you going to teach me? And I'm like, well, you know, and that's actually, you know, as a coach, um, it's easy to do the writing reflex that we have in the medical model is like, okay, I've seen, I've seen, you know, 10 people that are similar. I'm going to, I'm just going to, you know, feed it to you. Um, And that is, that is something I think as a, as a go on in executive coaching is my, about my seventh year now or eight year, I can take that breath and I can allow that person to find that within them because high functioning people have it. It's just whether they've 
you know, flex that muscle and you, and you want to teach them that they have it. And, and it's much more fulfilling and they're going to use it into the future without being told. And so I would say it's about a 70, 30, um, and I love, I love challenges. So I love it when I get someone who's just like coaching, I was told to do coaching. <laughs> so I'm like, tell me all about it. Tell me what, tell me how horrible coaching is. Tell me, tell me how like, you know, soft and, you know, kumbaya coaching is. Tell me all about it. That's awesome. Right. Yeah. No, ab- absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like that, the approach of in, embracing the challenge. Because, I mean, you're you're dealing with some of the, like I said, some some challenging personalities, type A's that mm-hmm. can be at times set in their ways. So yeah. good on you. <laughs> I love it. I love people. And I, and we're all, you know, we're all the same, um, you know, variations and, and contacts and, and, you know, we want to be listened to, we want to be understood. Um, and, and, and we have our core values and, and, you know, I, I think from myself, I'm constantly wanting to learn and improve. And I believe that about other people, they may just not have had the, the context to do that. And so if they're seeking out coaching, that's amazing. It's like, you know, Working out the first, I mean, the number one thing is that you got up and you put your shoes on, right? Uh, You're motivated. That's, that's the hardest thing to do. So yeah, I I love it. I love it. That's, that's, that's proper right there. What does, what does it look like on the other side? Like when you see a client, whether executive or not, what's, and you don't, I mean, you could either give an example without giving the person away or mm. just conceptually, what is life like after going, going through a coaching experience? Well, I can, I mean, I, there's a few people um, that have given testimonials on my website. And Absolutely. so they're very, I mean, those are the people that, um, have been very open, obviously everything I do. And thank you for identifying that everything I do is confidential. Um, and I take that to the extreme given, you know, being in medicine and, and respecting autonomy. Um, but the people that are on my website with testimonials, they, they'll really talk about how transformational it was to hear themselves sort of spoken back, like the clarifying that we do, the identifying um, and be like, oh, right. Like, I do believe that or I do know that. And it's it's in that sort of like busy paradigm that medicine um, imposes or the expert role. I've got to be the expert in this and being able to be in a situation where it says like, I feel insecure about that or, 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 um, I hate the word imposter syndrome. I, I, I don't like that term. It's almost like they're showing up in a situation where they might not have all the knowledge, but they're expected to, and they don't have a space to sort of say, Ooh, I'm, I'm not sure about this, but I can work through how to get there. But in that context, if I was to say that I would feel like people wouldn't trust me after that or whatever. So that's a big you know, feedback I get is like, I've been listened to, I've been able to put my insecurities 
their own personal insecurities out and work through it with the knowledge that they already have that in the context, um, in their working context or in their personal context, if they were to voice that there might be some trust um, that that is real, that is lost, or some trust that they perceive is lost. And then, you know, as soon as we have a perception of something, it's like this, you know, self-fulfilling prophecy, right? If I think you think something about me, then I'm doing weird things to prevent you from thinking that. Mm -hmm. And so it's just this, you know, weird cycle that people get into. So in coaching, it's like, like literally no judgment, Mm -hmm. curiosity all the way. Um, And so that's the biggest feedback um, that I get from professionals is, oh, finally, I can say what, what I'm worried about. And I mean, there's probably seven or eight gremlins that people have and they just kind of keep coming back in and out and, and uh, they get the skills and they build over time. Yeah. Wow. It's gotta, it's gotta be so therapeutic, but I mean, the word that comes to mind is empowering. Just that idea that you, 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 I mean, you know, the answers within, like you help them find Mm. that answer within. And at the end of it, you walk out feeling, I don't know, I would imagine you could feel, you'd feel like you could take on whatever's in front of you, whatever's in front of mind. You will, you, you can manage, you can not only manage, you could potentially, you could potentially be impactful. You know, I I don't know. Like, I I really feel like that's a lot of clinicians could benefit from something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm still surprised um, that, uh, you know, when you know something, it's like, uh, uh, like, you know, an ex smoker, right? Right. Um, They're like, oh, it's amazing. You know, not smoking anymore. I feel great. Like my lungs are great. Now I can like run a mile. And they just talk and talk. And you're like, okay, <laughs> it's great that you're not smoking anymore. <laughs> and then like after like half a year or whatever, then they're just like, yeah, it's cool. Like I'm not smoking anymore. And you know, two years from there, it's like not even a topic. I think when I first discovered coaching as a as a career as something that I did. I was so excited about it, you know, and it's just like, all right, you know, I'm still surprised, though, that people don't know in medicine and in healthcare, not enough people, there's so much coaching now, you hear it everywhere. But when you ask them, like, what do you, what do you think the benefits of having a coach would be? Or what do you know about coaching in healthcare? It's very, very limited. And, and, still, which is surprising to me because you hear the word everywhere. Um, but I'm not sure if people really um, completely understand what the benefits are for them. Um, it's like the word burnout, right? We've just, we've overused it. Um, I wrote about it once, like burnout from burnout. It's like enough already. Um, when you really truly understand what burnout is, then you can start to work at it. And I think coaching has been so overused that people are just like, okay, right? It's not, it's not a miracle, this or whatever. What are you trying? It's like, no, we understand it. And in the business world, they've they're there, right? Mm-hmm. They've been using executive coaches. Um, and I think that it's way, it should be way more accessible. I think this is one of the things that 
um, I'm really hopeful for is that we as healthcare providers are given support for therapy. We need to be given way more things that are preventative, right? Mm. We're all about solving the problem down the river and pulling people out in all areas of medicine. And I think adolescent medicine for me has been like, why is a prevention and promotion person the first person to go? Why talking about nutrition in, you know, situations? Why is that the first to go? And I think with coaching, from my perspective, that should be covered. If you're going to cover something, get people proactively, you know, support them. Um, don't, don't then say, oh, you need therapy for your, you know, burnout that's almost depression but we're going to support you then but we're not going to support you so that's sorry that's a little <laughs> little little mountain that i stand on sometimes it's like i don't get it but i'm hopeful i'm hopeful that you know the more people know about coaching um the more maybe programs are going to be supportive for that just the same way we report we support other things so amen yeah. i mean our, our platform we've been preaching the value of prevention or hidden shit early. And it's the same with this. If you look at the amount of burnout, the amount of, of issues regarding, regarding the work environment, this, this is huge. And any tool that will be available to folks to be, to help mitigate this is, should be front and center. And in fact, mm-hmm. I know there's a study I saw at our center looking at offering coaching. I don't remember what their study outcomes are supposed to be, but yeah, I, I do feel like this is starting to gain a little bit more more momentum in, in healthcare. Cause I, I mean, when I think about it, coaching, I always thought business, like business for real, like that's where my head went. At. And so when I when I got offered the ability to do the leadership stuff, I was like, oh yes, absolutely! Like this is what an opportunity. And I think if we normalize it a little bit more, or expose it, or 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 spread the word a bit, maybe more people will be reaching out. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I you you may have seen it, um, but one of the one of the individuals that was in when when COVID hit, I don't I. Sorry, I didn't actually say that, did I? When <laughs> I know, woo, when something kind of came upon us, I I decided that I was going to throw in throw my some of my skills into the into the the ring, and I offered group coaching um, uh, for my department, and um, it was amazing because at first, you know, people are like, "Oh, it's like kumbaya, like <laughs> we're just going to sit around and you know tell each other our feelings and everything." Um, um, and, you know, it, over time, they they recognize that it's very proactive. People were it was amazing. And it was it wasn't just um, it was it was physicians. It was uh, res- respiratory therapists. It was nurses. It was different people. And um, that to me was the most amazing feedback where people were like, wow, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. It was way better. <laughs> And so, um, you know, and the studies are coming out. There was a Canadian study just recently looking at executive coaching, um, you know, decreasing um, emotional exhaustion, you know, decreasing their overall burnout, looking at that Maslow burnout scale, increasing quality of life and increasing resilience and 
those are the things, right? Those are the things everybody's trying to, you know, oh, what do we do to increase resilience? Well, let's start looking at you know, what are those things where, where, where are those factors that people are, you know, the struggles that people are having? And I think let's be simple. Like, let's just look at where do people find joy and how we give them permission um, to voice that or to do that. Or, you know, what used to be like, oh, you know, that person who stays at work for, you know, 16 hours, they're amazing, right? Well, they may be amazing, Right. And but if they're not getting joy in their life and they're not refueling and then you're going to lose them. Right. And so executive coaching might be that mirror they need or a coaching to 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 be mindful of that. Right. And to change their mindset um, so that they can keep producing and being high functioning. Amen. Yeah. You mentioned groups coaching. So we just released an episode on group health this week. And I, and my personal opinion is this is a direction that we have to go in almost out of need, but mm. in terms of group coaching, I'm just curious to what that would look like. Cause I, when you mention coaching, I often think this is very individualized. So how, yeah. How did that look for like using that, your, your own, group as an example how did that look uh well i mean it can look a lot of different ways um i think when you have a group i'm I'm just going to use this group for example is you're going to come in and you're going to set the stage and have ground rules um and from my perspective it's going to be proactive where you know we may identify something that somebody needs some other support for but we're going to be when we answer the questions and people have time to speak that they have that space that there's the listening the active listening and it's proactive so at the beginning of a session we have a goal a group goal and at the end we have our way forward because for a complete coaching session it's it's you know there's actionables and so that that is there needs to be a common sort of alignment with the group and an understanding um, that this is a working session. Mm. Um, and then at the outcome, the way forward, the things they're going to work on when we come back, we're going to kind of discuss that and then have a session like that. Um, and so it, that group was amazing. I've done groups with residents that have been incredible. Um, I've done a group with uh, some lawyers that was amazing. The the ground rules and the foundation starting out, I think, makes all the difference. Um, and um, being very clear, this is not um, it's not a therapy session. Um, that it's not, um, that I'm not a therapist, right? Because I'm being very clear. Um, and then some of the things I think people often confuse and it happens in medicine all the time is that, you know, communication skills, time management skills, um, well-being strategies, they kind of see that as the soft skills, um, and that the coaching sessions really emphasize that these are the essential skills, And that moving forward, a lot of the decisions that you make that people see as the hard skills or the technical skills, they start to realize that what we're working on in the groups are making those other skills skyrocket. 
right? Because they have the foundation. So that was a little bit of a tangent away, but I think it has to do, and I'm a big one for this, is process. So sometimes people ask questions of what's the outcome? What's the outcome of doing this? And I'm always like, ooh, let's back up here. There's a process. And it's because of that process, people get their outcomes. And those outcomes might be different for every person, but the process allows them to get to get there. Mm. If that makes sense. No, no, a hundred percent. We we preach this all the time, like uh in general, like especially when it comes to your health and wellness, fall in love with the process because because mm. if you're if you're waiting for the outcome, often that takes significant time. So you need to be able to fall in love with what you're how you're doing it. Otherwise, you might fall off the wagon or whatever the expression is, jump on the wagon. I get my metaphors mixed up all the time. But April, I, I do think maybe this is the path is the group mm. group approach. Like the more I think about it, it's you're hitting more people at once. It's also the benefits of working together as a team and, and, and creating some bonds that way creating that more sense of community that, that, that not single purpose, but general purpose, you, you have that commonality there. Yeah. And, and you just, you know, I'm just thinking of like, I'm very solution. That's why I probably would be a horrible coach, uh, very solution oriented type of brain, whatever that type K brain. Uh, and um, yeah, no, I, I just, I think there's some legs to that. Maybe. Well, I, if I can just pick up on that is when you're doing this, mm-hmm. this is what my brain always does. Right. Oh, and for those and listening, my, we're, and my, we're, and uh... my, and my blind spot prior to probably 10 years ago was not listening well <laughs> and like my brain going faster and like, Oh, I've got an idea. Um, and you can see it comes out sometimes and I'm just like, Right. Um, I think you just have to be for me, it's just like, okay, let's be real here. That is the type A personality. And that is the constantly thinking um, the red in me. And um, I've already developed group coaching like a, a 10 session. It's it's good to go. And I do it with groups because I actually believe that's the way um, forward. You can meet more people's needs. Um, relationships are everything. Connection. We lost that. We saw the impact of lost connections. And, and so from my perspective, individual coaching is great. Um, if you're in wanting to change culture, the individual loses its, loses their ability to be flexible when they're stressed all the time. Okay. So then they're showing up trying to fix things, trying to solve things. And then their relational skills decrease, even if they're they're stellar at relations, their their interpersonal issues come up, and then you've changed the culture. So if you can have groups where you recognize this happening, yeah, of course you would feel that way when you're stressed, or of course it would show up that way, right? It's all basic biology, right? Fight, flight rear, you know, all of those things, of course you would feel that way. It's validated. And then the group talks about it and then they move forward and that over time changes the culture. Right. Um, and so for me, that is an amazing, amazing way forward. And, and that's my, I've got it set up. 
and you know, but you find the right opportunities. <laughs> there we are. <laughs> the wheels are turning. That's the, yeah. the motion we're, ma- we're making online. Listen, yeah. we we got to jump off, but yeah, I'm going to put you on the spot. Oh dear, because. <laughs> With our Solving Wellness platform, we have some companies that we're working with. Uh, I think of Bayshore, for example, on just approaching their approaching organizations and how to improve their 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 health and wellness. And this is, I think, this has got to be a piece. I think mm-hmm. we got to get. I, I I don't know how much bandwidth you have, but if we could pencil in some sessions with mm-hmm. offer some group coaching sessions. That would be juicy fruit. And I'm not putting you on the spot, but anyway, you don't have to give me an answer, but that's the second this we're, we we turn this off. That's just the first question I'm I'm going to be talking to you about. But listen, Dr. Coach April, Coach Dr. <laughs> April Elliott, MD. I love this. I honestly, I love this because conversations like this is what we need to be able to look at ways that we could transform healthcare and you're taking a bite out of it. And (laughs) I I love it. And so how do people get a hold of you? How do we, Mm. how do we see, get more of coach, Dr. (laughs) April (laughs) Elliott? I love this. I love the energy. Well, you can find me at my website. It's pretty easy. It's uh, www.coachapril.com or just coachapril.com. And I've got all my socials on the bottom of my website. You can click on or you can find me um, there. I love writing as well. So I kind of fill in um, some thoughts and feelings. And uh, But my website is the best way to get a hold of me and just send me a message. And, and it's easy. Initially, we just meet complimentary and just get a sense of this is what's actually for you. So um, yeah, I try to make it as easy as possible because especially people in healthcare have so many barriers and I'm not going to be one of them. So I love it. I love it. And I got to say selfishly, Dr. Coach April has been a contributor to our own, uh, our own newsletter, our Substack there, and her content has been brilliant. And so mm-hmm. we've we tried to amplify her message as well. So, April, thank you. This was awesome. It's been so fun. Thank you so much. <laughs> awesome. Thanks. All right, Godcast, that was freaking awesome. If you enjoyed that, please leave us any comments at quadcast99 at gmail.com. Leave a five-star rating. Follow us on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, at Quadcast. Jump on our newsletter. Jump on our community at quadcast.subject.com. All things healthcare solutions all on one site. Y'all are going to love it. All right, people, I hope you're feeling a little bit more jumping your step after that episode. Thanks for listening. Talk real soon. Peace.